This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional help. If you or someone you know is facing difficulties, I advise you consult a psychologist. Hi everyone and welcome to Psych for Life with Dr. Amanda Ferguson. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ferguson. Today's episode is about why being in nature is our fastest healer and brings us awe. And it's my great pleasure to welcome Christy Little and Robert Engels, who are both psychotherapists based in the Blue Mountains of Australia. Christy Little is a registered holistic psychotherapist, grief counsellor and nature therapy guide. Rob Engels is a registered somatic psychotherapist, ecotherapist and meditation teacher. Welcome to the podcast, Christy and Rob. Yes, thank you. Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you. And what led you both into this amazing resource that you've created um, that's, I believe it's healing in nature and and bathing in nature? Mm-hmm. Perhaps if you could let us know how you arrived at this and then we'll, let's talk about what it really is. Um, Amanda, maybe I'll, I'll start um, and share a little bit about my, my journey into this. Um, and I was reflecting on on this recently, actually, and I think for me, there were really two big events in my life that led me down this pathway. And the first one was that about um, eight years ago, I experienced a pretty big burnout. Um, found myself unable to get up, unable to work, pretty much unable to function. Um, and yet, you know, at the time, I was doing executive coaching, wellness coaching, resilience coaching. I had all the tools and I still burnt out. And so I knew that there had to be something else. And so I went in search of something else that could help to to live a better life, a more connected, sustainable life. And I ended up going to New Zealand to study nature therapy for a six month program uh, with the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy. And it, it my journey started there and I realized very quickly with my corporate clients, Um, that things like you know spending what we might spend six to eight weeks doing through corporate meditation they could achieve in one day in nature and so I saw very quickly the impact it could have and I I also still see that I see that now with my therapeutic clients Um, there can be a very quick shift in things time spent in nature versus time spent in a clinic Um, both really important but the impact of doing it in partnership with nature can be quite amazing Um, So the burnout was my first doorway. Um, And then the second doorway for me was grief. So five years ago, um, my husband died. And I, yeah, thank you. And I was just left in this place of, I guess, of absolute devastation. And even with all the tools I already had, I didn't think that there was any way I could get through it. And nature was the thing that taught me that I could get through it and has been my partner in grief. Um, And taught me, I think, particularly... Um, well, it taught me that, you know, only nature is vast enough to hold grief. And I, and I actually also learned um, that, you know, nature doesn't want anything from you. It just is there to witness your grief. And that's really important in that process as well. And lastly, um, I was experiencing my grief around the period of the fires. You know, and you see that nature um, was completely devastated in Australia, but then rec- the recovery you know, it was just amazing. And I, I also learned that, you know, that I would also recover. Nature mm. taught me that. 
And so, you know, I had these two really important pathways that have taught me a lot about the healing powers of nature. Amazing. And I believe, Rob, you have a trauma-based experience as well in the background of, of your work in nature. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, I think my there are parallels with Christy's story, but mine is, yeah, a long childhood of, of trauma and a sense of abandonment. And um, yeah, the, the, the felt sense in my body that, that took root then of there being something profoundly wrong with me. Mm. Um, and at the same time, a deep loneliness that came from that. And so, yeah, I, I moved into a massive period of depression, a massive dark night. And yeah, gradually through a remembering of time in the woods with my father, there was a reconnection there of this sense of being in wild, wild places and the medicine in that. Mm. Um, it was the medicine in, in the forest, um, but there was also a medicine in the wildness that my dad also held. Um, and so there was this kind of inner wilderness and wildness and this outer wildness. And I think gradually for the last 20, 25 years, I've been courting both the wilderness outside, um, which has been a mirror and a deep reflection of a wilderness inside, which is, yeah, it's wild and it's whole and it's deeply resourced. Um, so, yeah, I've been engaging with various trainings to help me pay that medicine forward now to mm. take people into nature, to encounter the wildness outside um, as a form of enchantment and a healing modality, but also to take them back into the wildness and wholeness that's inside of them. Mm. And there's a long history in psychology and psychotherapy about uh, based uh, really in Jungian psychology of the journey through the forest to the self. Um, so it's it's been long scientifically researched as well as with all the more primitive societies that have have um, vast lived knowledge and experience and wealth of information about the healing powers of nature and this is where we come from. Yeah, and and I'm it, there's a there's a primitivism, but there's also such a rich. Uh, and long and glorious nature connection tradition that these these First Nations cultures bring. And we're learning constantly from that. And I think Christy and I both uh, really draw deeply on this lineage of nature connection and um, th the power of being in nature and the power of opening ourselves up to wild places, um, of listening to nature um, and the silence that can erupt in the body at the same time. And there's so many different kind of inner listening practices that we're drawing on um, from the Pinakari of the, the Mardu people of Western Australia, which is about connecting to self, to land and the cosmos. Uh, and then there's Miriam Rose's wonderful uh, deep listening practice as well, which is about, you know, connecting to the silence within whilst being in, in the context of landscape. Um, yeah, so we're really standing in the river of this profoundly rich lineage. Um, and we, we bring that into our Wild Edges programs as well. And your Wild Edges programs, let us know, please, more about these. That I believe, Christy, you've been doing this for seven years and with Rob, is it? Uh, so both of us have been doing offering nature connection programs um, for, for a long time now in different ways. And so me specifically, since I was trained as a nature therapy guide, um, but yeah, we've offered different types of retreats and some of the work has been um, combining walking retreats with nature. Some of the work I've done in the Southern Highlands, which is, you know, a two hour introduction to Shinrin-yoku, which is the Japanese version of forest bathing. 
Um, we've also partnered with high schools. So PLC, um, Pimble Ladies College, they offer um, nature therapy and forest bathing to their students as part of their um, their school camps now. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. Um, there's many different pathways to come into this kind of work, nature connection and healing. Mm. Um, but Rob and I partner specifically together on a program called Wild Edges. Um, and once a month, we come together and offer a three-day a healing in nature program, small groups, um, six to eight people. And each of those programs um, takes us into healing and transformation through a different doorway, um, depending on so different topics, different experiences, but always in partnership with nature. And so in that work, we say um, nature is the therapist and that Rob and I are the guides. Yeah. Um, there to to connect you to yourself through the mirrors and metaphors that nature offers and of course all the other things that nature offers you know nature already um it's it's the great passive healer mm. you know we you don't need to do anything to get benefits of spending time in nature so even just being in a nature-based setting um, you know, the well-being, there are so many well-being benefits that you already get, whether that's physical or mental. Um, it doesn't need to be, you know, hugely supported to get some benefits. Um, although our programs are very, we, we can be very supported in our programs as well, very specific about the things that we're trying to achieve. For example, the next one has a focus on building our clients' connection to um, stillness, because there's just not enough stillness. There's not enough space to hear ourselves, to hear our inner knowings, to know what is there. Um, you know, this uh, amazing writer, Trisha Hersey, she says the current culture can bamboozle us. Oh, yeah. Um, and we, we lose that ability to know ourselves or even find ourselves in this culture. And so part of the next one is about creating stillness, um, reconnecting to sentience, which is all about the set the experience of reconnecting to sensations mm -hmm. which again we see a lot of people in this current culture have that they're almost numb everything is in the mind there's no connection to body awareness or feeling awareness yeah. um, so reconnecting to that and also this one has a focus on awe which is hugely um, a favorite topic of of Robert and I's as well mm. um, and the then you know the experience of all that nature can offer is huge and huge in how we can experience joy but also in how we can handle anxiety yes. and, and healing um, so that's that's the topic of the next one but rob might want to share a little bit more about about our approach yeah i was thinking about one of these one of the elements that seems to weave itself through all of the wild edges programs is this element i think you've touched on it already this element of mystery this element of not knowing and I think it's so profoundly medicinal in this culture where, yeah, this performance oriented world where we have our boxes ticked, we're labeled, we, we're driven towards certain KPIs and everything is sort of locked down in this tight construct of knowing everything is known. But what these Wild Edges programs also offer by virtue of the silence and the vastness of nature is the possibility of not knowing and not understanding ourselves so fully. And so in that a space is created where, yeah, we can be opened to encounter something different. And Christy and I are both trained in process-oriented psychotherapy, which really attunes the awareness to the deep unconscious signals that are always seeking to arise. And if we can rest our awareness on them, 
will actually return us to a greater sense of wholeness and an expanded sense of self. And so this sense of mystery is a fundamental doorway to open us outside of the tight-knit construct of who we take ourselves to be. Yes, because you're right, we just don't acknowledge fully anymore how complex we are as individuals and in that mm -hmm. complexity and the not knowing and evolving that we're doing daily, um, knowing ourselves as people that we don't know and are yet to know even more fully as we continue day by day is part of the joy and awe of even being alive. I was just going to yeah touch on that the metaphor that emerged while you're speaking Amanda of of uh, of, of the iceberg and how obviously so much of what is known is the tip of the iceberg and then there's so much beneath the surface of what it is to be human a spiritual human but wedded and, and belonging into country and there's all of this kind of unconscious stuff that's happening all the time beneath the surface and we can really start to partly through nature-based practices and as Christy alluded to where we uh, nature is this powerful muse and metaphor and symbol so it can point us to those unconscious places in ourselves and then we can start to bring out of the unconscious uh, this this fabric of us which expands yeah it expands our tapestry um, so a lot of our work as therapists in nature is to to expand the tapestry and it makes sense that it is the fastest way to heal is to be in nature. I mean, we've we've lost so much of our connection with nature at the very time when nature is is calling us and needing us. We need it more than ever. So it's not just this reciprocity with nature, what it gives us and what we can give it, which is also really important, particularly now in this crisis that we find ourselves in. Um, but this, as you continue to connect with nature, you remember that you yourself are also nature yeah. that we are also wilderness That's and right. you know so then when you see these metaphors in nature of complexity as you mentioned before mm. um, seeing complexity in nature and becoming com um, comfortable with the complexity in nature reminds us that we are also complex mm. and gives us the tools to be comfortable with the complexity in ourselves um, there's a really um, great neurobiologist dr rick hansen and he talked recently about these benefits to the mind around nature reminds us that we are complex. Um, nature reminds us of humility. It's one of the places as a top predator that we can actually remember that we are also connected to the chain of life. Um, you might learn how to, in an in a environment in Australia with snakes, for example, mm -hmm. you might learn to respect nature again in a new way and also then to respect ourselves and what we can give and what we can take. Um, there's, a, there's a beautiful, uh, John Young, he shared also that, um, for example, in America, in, they now will integrate nature connection activities into MBA programs because it can it teaches um, the future leaders of the world to be more ethical and make more nature connected decisions. Um, so I, I think we're making big strides in that green mind, blue mind benefit. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, no surprises that humanity's become more anxious, more um, disturbed as it's left nature behind and re retreated into tech and we as you say we come from nature we are part of nature and as we remove ourselves it's to our detriment yeah and people feel so lonely mm. 
I'm just reminded of Richard Louv's book, Last Child of the Woods, Last Child in the Woods, and um, this concept of nature deficit disorder that's erupted, and the way that our our children's disconnection from nature is hugely detrimental to, yeah, the development of a healthy human psyche. You know, a psyche that um, knows it belongs uh, to the earth, knows it belongs to kin, and to place. The possibility of finding silence and groundedness in 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 the body. Um, but also the possibility of developing creativity and learning through encounters with nature, mm. the possibility of pushing boundaries and testing our limits and, you know, finding out who we are as people. Um, all of that is lost in our cities where we're locked up in concrete and chrome and steel. Mm. Yeah, you know, and that also brings up this point around who gets to be nature connected now. Yes. Um, and so there are, you know, it, it, there are some that think that, um, nature connection itself is now only available to those with money yeah um, you know going to national parks it tends to be middle class older people who visit national parks right um, and so there, I think it's worth to have that reminder that even if you're in a city and you don't have access to safe green spaces stepping outside and looking up at the sky yes. and smelling the air or noticing the change in the season yep. noticing the wind on your body Mm -hmm. um, we still can access nature even if we're in these urban landscapes yep. and as kids that's still so important you know noticing weeds growing up through the cracks this yeah. is nature um it is, it is all nature and but as you said before around um spending time behind screens you know getting out from behind that screen where we feel isolated and we see ourselves just as an individual alone um, coming back to nature can help us feel, feel that we are not alone, that we are connected to everything. Mm. And in this way, we begin to feel less lonely. Uh, the, the, I love they say um, a large sense of self and a small ego, as opposed to a large ego and a small sense of self, which can happen in this modern culture. Oh, absolutely well put. And the awe, as you say, of just staring at a leaf and you know, seeing that active meditation that we can connect to nature, we can still the mind and have the awe and be inspired and for children to be inspired by the miracle that created that nature, that leaf. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm just back from five days of rewilding time with um, Blue Gun Bushcraft. So I took my kids and joined 130 other people around campfires and the Milky Way at night. And during the day, the kids are taken off for these wild adventures. And then we all come back and, and kind of commune as families and break bread around the fire again. And just what really struck me was this possibility of kids being barefoot without screens and doing what kids do best and just connecting and bringing their curiosity to, to kind of a fungus that grows out of broken wood or to the kind of the, the way that sunlight shines in spider silk. And at the end of the five days, my daughter, who is has has anxiety, she just noted the absence of that felt sense of anxiousness in her body. Wow. Oh, just barefoot time is so fundamental. Yeah. It was really, Christy and I had a beautiful conversation after that. And there's this longing also to connect adults, reconnect adults in that way also. It's mm. not just work for kids. Oh. It's never too late to re-engage and rewild and reconnect. And so, yeah, that's partly what Wild Edge is about. And we have this longing also to bring a program that has rewilding for kids, 
as well as um, rewilding for adults at the same time. So the whole village is rewilded and connects with the inner wilderness. And I believe you also do groups with just men, Rob. Is that right? Yeah, so I, I'm a co-founder of the Blue Mountains Men's Group. Uh -huh. um, and actually just recently, uh, historically, the group has been running for a couple of years and we've always held it in this beautiful indoor space. But um, a group of us just recently went up to uh, Mount Solitary and um, had a couple of nights there and gathered around a fire and, you know, held circle and council together. And there was something profound in holding space while we were also held by nature. Mm. So, um, yeah, something immense happens when you spark a fire and the glow of firelight flickering around the cave. Conversation slows down and we get to the depths and it's no longer we're skimming the surface, but we start to really consider what matters now. And then this kind of process of interoception, we're checking into the body, what longs to be spoken. Mm. And that's glossed over in our culture of water cooler conversation and artifice and saccharine niceties. There's something mm. profound that's longing to happen around the fire in nature. Well, isn't that an instant um, example of our nature being accessed through nature? coming back to our natures and with rising rates of suicide particularly in men that's very much needed work yes and so many of the guys who come to group have this deep sense of embodied loneliness mm. and a felt sense of disconnection and uh, also a, a real distrust of men there's there's this culture of toxic masculinity which is uh, abundant and most of us haven't actually learned how to be safely held by other men and to connect meaningfully in the depths by other men. And so that's the work of circle is just holding space, creating a safe container, and then really slowly checking in and learning safety again in community. Yeah, there's a longing for that work. Yeah, and it's such a an example of how the lack of um, equality in society uh, between genders is abandoning men as much as it abandons women. Yeah, and there's been research done that explores the way that um, as wonderfully the glass ceiling is is shattered um, and there, there's greater equality, what can also happen in families is that men tend to step up in the household and what tends to get deprioritized is their male friendships. And so they enter into this kind of rich um rich dynamic in the family unit but outside their connections with other men tend to tend to get lost or, or kind of fall by the wayside um so it's this notion of the caged tiger and this this felt sense of abandonment or loneliness that can happen and so there's a real need for initiatives where community is is encouraged and the gathering of men's business and women's business is encouraged mm. and yeah and the empowering of humans away from technology and other artifices back to more nat natural bonding connecting as you say yeah as christy said reconnecting to our own nature in the context of nature yep so what would be your three top results that you see from all of this nature work yeah i can i could start with three but i mean there's so many yeah so the first one is well-being um, and it may not be the most important one, but it's just the first one that we've been able to see and has been mm. easy to track in modern times. And there are so many well-being benefits. You know, we talk a lot at the moment about the vagus nerve or mm. um, the autonomic nervous system and regulation and time spent in nature 
turns off fight or flight and switches on parasympathetic nervous system, reduces cortisol levels, changes um, immune system function. Um, so there are huge benefits of just spending time in nature, even just going and laying in a park mm. um, or looking, looking at the pot plant on your balcony you will experience these benefits. And this is back to this kind of this idea of passive healing. So we're so busy, sometimes wellness feels like another thing to do. Yeah. And so maybe just spending some time outside, you can get all of these benefits without it being just another thing to add to your busy to-do list. Um, so I think that's the first thing that, that I see a lot. Um, the second thing is also very much about what we've talked a lot about here, which is that, um, interconnectedness and the fact that we after spending time in nature, nature people feel less alone yep. less lonely that they are in this on their own um, they feel very much more connected to nature and we build this reciprocity um, this builds huge amounts of um, mental well-being as well through that social well-being even if there are no other people there we, we can feel connected um, and I think the third one for me that I'd see and I continuously see and I love to see in adults is awe. Mm. And, and I think that goes two ways. So if I talk from a personal experience, um, after my husband passed away, I was totally lost and I didn't know what to do. And I, I went on the holiday that we were meant to go on together to Europe, which was in hindsight, probably a massive mistake. Mm. Um, but, you know, nowhere feels good at that time. Uh. No, nowhere is the right place to be. And I ended up randomly in Iceland. And I had the privilege of seeing the Northern Lights. And wow. in that moment... I'm, I felt something different. I mm. felt awe and I knew in that moment that I could also feel something else other than devastation. Yeah. And so nature taught me just for that moment that there will also be something else. Mm. And I think that that was hugely important. Um, Dacher Keltner, who's just written, he's a scientist who's just written a book on awe. He says, when times are truly awful, we should go in search of awe and mm. nature is one of those places that can provide that. Um, so from, from that perspective, it's been really important, but the also the other part is just play. Um, and it, it sounds so, I, I don't know what this sounds like actually, but say so that group, I worked with a group of women um, who had lost their homes in the fires and we only did a three hour session, a nature connection session. And it started off with them feeling very unsafe to come mm. back into nature. And by the end, three hours later, we are all adult women running around catching spider webs in our hands, saying that the sky was full of silver rain and everyone was giggling and smiling and just experiencing these moments of pure awe and joy as if nature just gave us a gift, the exact gift that we needed. Beautiful. Something about how nature keeps showing up in that way. Mm. And Rob, for you, I guess we've covered lots of your three top tips about bonding and so forth, but would you want to recap? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could talk about this endlessly. So, um, but yeah, I think Chrissy named belonging. I think the first one maybe for me is enchantment uh, and the sense of mystery. And Christine names it with the possibility of being enchanted by spider silk or silver rain and the way that uh, that can open us into this sense of magic and Part of that is also not fully always know, understanding everything. 
not everything has a name or not everything is kind of fully boxed in so the magic and the enchantment of the natural world opening us to the enchantment and possibility inside there's also for me this deep sense of meaning making that's possible in nature um where uh, we can find the possibility of finding our own mythology again. So in the context of wild nature, we can make sense of our grief anew. We can make sense of our trauma anew. We can make sense of our feelings of loneliness and abandonment anew. And actually we can take a silver thread and weave a story around those wounds that makes sense of those wounds yep. and actually builds this kind of mythology of our lives rather than just being anchored in the victim mindset and then the wound itself, it starts to shape us and to have forged who we are and actually takes on a sense of a gift as well. And Rumi says that the, the wound is where the light gets in. So mm -hmm. that making and that making of mythology and remembering of a deeper kind of level of who we are and the meaning of our wounds is also possible in nature. Yeah, so that's the expansion of self as well. It speaks to the possibility in the not knowingness of nature in its vastness, we cannot fully know everything. And so this open-endedness and the possibility of questioning and wondering and sitting in the unknown, which is fertile ground, can happen as well. And I guess the other obvious that nature reminds us is that life is not all joy and happiness and tranquility. There's wilderness, there's um, violence, there's death, mm -hmm. there's drama, there's chaos. Mm -hmm um cruelty all these things exist in nature and life and as humans to have that grounding a reminder from being back in nature that this is part of our nature as humans as well yeah there's that beautiful idea that um nature can help return us to the fullness of our consciousness yeah um, those things that maybe in this modern life that have been taken away from us and that we don't experience and nature yeah. gives gives those back to us. Yeah, and how to deal with them, accept mm -hmm. and live around and with. Mm -hmm. yeah. And look, this might sound crazy. I ask all my guests what makes you psyched for life, and I think the answer is going to be obvious, but may I ask you anyway? So, I, yeah, it is my work. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I do, I find myself doing, you know, 12-hour days holding other people's grief and trauma and I love it. I want to get up every day and do that and keep doing that. And um, I think it is actually only my grief, my grief experience that has prepared me to be able to do this, that's given me the medicine to be able to do this work. And being able to take people through their grief journeys and journeys of trauma, and then also to be able to do that in nature. Um, absolutely. That that's what psychs me for life Wonderful. I, I i can see myself doing that until i till the very end wow yes and uh also just loving this work with clients and people human beings in wild nature uh, and the possibility of remembering that we're far vaster than the stories we tell about ourselves mm. we're far vaster than our wounds and our diagnoses and our labels we're far vaster than everything um, our thoughts tell tell say who we are and so in connecting to nature what, what really psychs me is the possibility of knowing something deeper about ourselves mm. or about our psychological wholeness our somatic embodiment but also something in the spiritual realization that's also possible in nature through interoception we go through the doorways of the felt sense in the body and we open into um, vast terrain 
So it's this journey of endless discovery. Beautiful. And people can seek you both for individual help. Perhaps if you please give your websites or where they can find you. Yes, I can be found at uh, www.christylittle.com.au and Christy is C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E and little like small. So christylittle.com.au can find me there. And also our Wild Edges retreats are on my page too, as they are with Rob's. Rob, where do they find you? Yeah, I'm found at wildreverence.com.au, Wild Reverence. And yeah, Wild Wild Edges is also up on that website, as well as my programs in somatic inquiry, which is that process of going into the felt sense in the body. Um, Yeah, and my psychotherapy offering as well. Anything else you want to discuss? I think it's just a gratitude to you, Amanda, for opening space for conversation about nature and... um, yeah, the, the profound urgency of this work. And I'd really wanted to underscore that. Yes, I agree with you. And look, my gratitude to both of you for the work you do and for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. having us. Thank yeah. you both so much. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening right now. Plus, don't forget you can access all of the resources mentioned in today's podcast via the show notes. Is there a pressing issue or topic you'd like me to discuss? Head to my Instagram at dramandaferguson and send me a DM. I love hearing from my listeners. If anything discussed in this podcast has caused you concern or distress, contact your general practitioner or health provider. To locate a psychologist in your area, call the Australian Psychological Society and locate Find a Psychologist Service on 1800 333 or visit www.findapsychologist.org.au. If you or someone you know is in crisis, Lifeline is available 24-7 on 13 11 14 and Kids Helpline, again 24-7, on 1800 1800 and both are free of charge. To find out more about me, please visit my website, dramandaferguson.com.au. You can find the link in my show notes. The opinions expressed by guests in these podcasts aren't necessarily shared by me.